It impacts your everyday life Why not sports? It's more than on and off the court Why not sports? Hey Why not sports? Yeah Why not sports? It impacts your everyday life Why not sports? It's more than on and off the court Why not sports? Hey Why not sports? D-Murph You a fool for this one (laughs) Yeah Wow, everybody, if you cannot hear it in my voice, you will hear it soon. But anyway, humble, honored, privileged to have the legendary producer, writer, actor, just for the culture, a a, a key, one of the keys to the black community, Grammy Award winner, uh, wrote songs for so many great artists, whether it's pop culture, hip hop, it, it it doesn't matter. But I have one from the world-renowned group Full Force, Bo Legged Lou. Welcome to Why Not Sports. What's up, Why Not Sports? Hi, everybody. I'm so happy, privileged, and honor. To be on the air today with my boy, D. Murph. Oh man, thank you, thank you, thank. Is is something? When I started this journey in 2016, I is three of my favorite movies of all time. First off is Above the Rim. Shout out to Brother Leon. Appreciate his love and support. Number two. Another, I ain't gonna put it in numerically. That's wrong, world. That's my bad. But it was three movies. I'm just saying number one because Leon was the first person that hit the platform. If it was Bo Legaloo, I would have said House Party. But House Party <laughs> was another movie that really uh, helped define me as a person. It entertained me. Uh, kid and play, of course, full force. And I just want to say, wow. Like your role in that movie. Before we talk about anything else, how how was that as far as you acting in that part? Well, it was it was it was natural only because I'm crazy in real life. <laughs> 
And, uh, you know, Full Force basically has six members. There's three cousins and three brothers. The three cousins is Baby Jerry, Shy Shy, and Kurt. Yep. And the three blood brothers is myself, Paul, Anthony, and B-Fine. We were the three guys terrorizing Kid and Play in the movie House Party. And how that role came to be was that Reggie Hudlin, who directed House Party, and he wrote the script, he wrote the name Full Force as sort of like an example mm-hmm. of, uh, two, of, of the three uh, bullies, the three bullies in the movie of his character. He said, yeah, um, so-and-so gets accosted and terrorized by three bullies with nice physiques and jerry curls. Somebody like Full Force. <laughs> so that was in the script. So then a friend of ours that we know, that we came to find out, we know his name is Robert Ford. He told Reggie Hudson, why don't you just get Full Force? Yeah. And he said, can they act? He said, well, you know, we've only seen them in Crush Group. I said, yeah, well, get them, get them up here and see what they can do. They're, they're naturals. And that's what they did. They called us up, we went down, we auditioned. We just did improvisations amongst ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we got the role just like that, you know? So it was a great, it was a great experience when we, uh, I'll never forget the first time we all sat around the table to do a, a table read, they call it. Mm-hmm. And it was us, Kid and Clay, Martin Lawrence, Tisha Campbell. Yeah. John Witherspoon, may he rest in peace. Yes. Robin Harris, may he rest in peace. Yes. Um, Daryl Cho Mitchell and Eugene Blue Ballin, and we just reading off lines, man. And what was the great thing about it was I was able to go uh, to our to our uh, hotel room and tell my brothers that, hey guys, we gotta we gotta we gotta do better. We gotta be better personalities in this script. The way it was originally written, our characters didn't have any personalities at all. We just mm-hmm. grunted and groaned and said a few words. I said, "Let me ch- let's change it around." So I, my name was supposed to be Zilla in the movie, but I said, "Let me change it to Pee Wee since I'm smaller than you guys." <laughs> These would be Zilla, Paul, your stab, and we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna change this scene to this. And then, you know, I said, "I'm gonna talk like this throughout the whole movie," and I told that to my brothers. And then I also told them that we're going to, um, I said, we made up something to do. I made up the part. I'm going to kick your freaking ass. I made that up. <laughs> and I also made up, I smell, I smell, I smell. And, you know, I made that up as well. <laughs> we, we, we com- yeah, we combined it together. We went into our trailer. We said, listen, if the Hudlin Brothers, because directed by Reggie Hudlin and produced by Warrington Hudlin, if the Hudlin Brothers don't like if they like what we got, then we're in. If they don't like what we got, then we'll just go back to the same original boring script that they had to begin with. Man, we did it in our trailer. The Hudlin Brothers came. We did our little scene. I'm going to kick your freaking ass. I smell, I smell. And we just made up our own stuff. <laughs> I wrote it out. As soon as they saw it, they said, keep it. They, yes. We kept it. And after that, every, I looked for every scene that we were in. And I changed it up. You and did. we rocked and rolled. Even my brothers helped to change up a lot of the dialogue as well. The beauty so. in what you guys did. Again, thank you. I'm going to say thank you hundreds of times total in this show. Again, thank you for for taking time to rock with me, man. Just continue to inspire me. And for those first-time listeners, thank you for tuning in. For the avid listeners, what up? We have Bo Legaloo on the other end, part of Why Not Sports. You changed your voice for the whole, like, did you catch yourself going back to your normal speech or you, you, yeah. you was able to 
you know, just stay consistent yeah, with. Yeah, I sustained with that all throughout, even during lunchtime and the <laughs> meal breaks. And, you know, my, bro- my brothers used to go, well, you shut up with that voice already. You're eating lunch. <laughs> you know, it's hilarious. Did you see that meme? I know the world been, they, I know they think like, Murph, bring up that meme. It's Black History Month. They were saying how, how can full force look like grown men and play a high school role? Did you see that? I saw the one, this is, the, this is actually a new one. It talks about 17. They try to convince us that these guys are 17 yeah. years old. <laughs> but, but they had one before that. With, uh, they're trying to make us believe that these guys were in high school or something like that. Yeah. I think it's hilarious. For the listeners, like, Murph, you went there. I had to. I got to let Bo Leg and new, uh, Lou know that, man, I'm out here surfing the web, doing my research, and that he has a character of, of, of just laughing at his own self and speaking of laughing of his self. He made me nervous. So when I first reached out to him, world, I'm calling, and it's this lady voice. I'm like, wait a minute. Let me, you know, I'm, I'm on the phone while he's or she is talking, quote unquote. And I'm like, uh, he was like, no, nah, who? Brother Lou? I was like, uh, yeah. And he, you know, he played the joke <laughs> on me. He's like, hey, no, dude, this is me. So I was like, oh, man, comedian, dope at what he does, man. Um, and you spoke on Jerry Curls. You spoke on physical fitness and just what you guys brought to the table in the industry. Uh, I've never seen no one with y'all swag. Uh, the way you guys, pos- you know, possess that physical or the physically fit um, thing that you guys was doing. Like, how did that come about, man? Just want to be something different compared to everybody else. So you, health was really something that you guys grew up doing. Like, what was the deciding factor for you guys to go, quote, unquote, full force <laughs> with that mentality? Yes, Demer. Well, what brought us on to the whole physical fitness scenario? I have to give those props to our beloved brother, Paul Anthony. Yes. Back in the day in the old neighborhood of Brooklyn, that's where we were raised and that's where we BK. Um, uh, yeah, that's where we started doing all of our music and singing on the street corners and all of that stuff. But back then, my brother Paul and Anthony went by the name of Inch. They used to call him Inch, Inch High Private Eye, because mm. he was small. He was small. He wasn't built. He was Inch. And I think what, from what my brother told me, I think what actually gave him the inspiration to start working out was this young lady that he was liking, you know, they were like boyfriend and girlfriend. And then she said, I think her name is Gail Daniels. I'm pretty sure that's her. Mm-hmm. And she was like, damn, Inch. No. Um, yeah, because they call him Inch. So she was like, damn, Inch. When are you going to eat that? This bird chest. I mean, when are you going to get, you know, you got to get some muscles. That's what she said to him. Since then, he just started working out, you know, reading about working out pumping iron exercising every day and he was doing it so he could look good mostly of mm-hmm. course it's a healthy scenario to work out but he did it so he could be pumped up and everybody in the neighborhood was seeing my brother do all of this because we had like a little gym in our basement he converted it with weights and everything like that not it wasn't professional trust me but it was almost it was just enough to do the damn thing mm-hmm. and paul started working out and he was the first one that you know you could see it on him like wow what the <laughs> hell you know from inch to wow yeah. and he was so diligent with his 
So when he started doing it, it made us start doing it ourselves. And that's why the first single that we did called Alice, I Want You Just For Me. If you see that cover yes, sir. on there, it's us showing our physical fitness scenarios. Yes, Three sir. brothers anyway. And, and the cousins, you know, on the picture too. So mm-hmm. Paul was the one that spearheaded. Then my brother B-Fine. Than myself, you know, than than everybody, but he led the way. And if you see the, if you could, you could easily go to YouTube and see our first video, which is Alice. I want you for, just for me, mm-hmm. and you'll see how we are showing our skin. Even in the video, Paul is showing he's doing some curls with the barbells, <laughs> you know. So that shows you right away. Well, wow, these guys work out, and we had the Jerry curls popping, and even before our single. Even before I was single, we were in the Lisa Lisa um, video called I Wonder If I Take You Home, which, yep. of course, we wrote, we wrote and produced that song. And Paul is in that video with, like, a ripped T-shirt and everything like that performing as, as well. So we brought that whole physical fitness thing into R&B way before anybody. You know? know, It's so funny because Michael Bivens from uh, Michael Bivens from New Edition, Bill Bivens-DeVoe, yep. just... Just last year, I think it was, or the year before last, when I went to uh, the premiere of Bobby Brown's miniseries movie, mm-hmm. Mike Bivens said, Yo, Lou, man, how do y'all feel, man, when you see all these people now, all these all these dudes and music, you know, ripping off their shirts and showing their <laughs> chest? How do y'all feel about that, man? Because y'all are the first ones. So he knows. Yeah. So people recognize. But that's what got us into doing that. You know, my brother Paul spearheaded the way, you know, so we're still like that to this day. Yeah, man. and I t- and I was telling uh, some of my uh, peers, just a few. I'm like, y'all don't understand. Like full force. Like them dudes could have been wrestlers. Like if y'all decided to <laughs> actually do it, you guys could have been full force in the WWF at the time. Now WWE. Right. But yeah, you guys would have. In my opinion, you know, talking sports, we are on why not sports. That that have been, mm-hmm. I think, a very very good look, but. I know you guys did some things too, uh, like celebrity games um, yep. during that time. Which again, I, I, I did my research, man. You guys worked with, like I said, so many people. This is a whole nother show, a whole nother day in itself. But anything is possible. That's the title of the show. You heard the first part of the show. Wow, anything is possible. That was back in the early '90s, where you guys working with MJ. Arguably, in my eyes, being from the Midwest, playing high school ball in Chicago, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. How was that experience? That experience was phenomenal. In fact, a very fair friend of our, a very good friend of ours named Gary Reeves. He's like we call him like the Mister Everything Man. He was the <laughs> one that came to us with the idea of, "Hey, guys." Michael Jordan is getting ready to come out with a video called Michael Jordan's Playground. Mm-hmm. And because um, this is when Michael had his first home video. And then this one was the second one, I think. And he said, I think it'd be great if you guys did the musical score for it. Because mm-hmm. back then there was no music. There was no contemporary music to NBA entertainment at yep. all. Yep. So Gary told us about this. And he said, yo, let's do this. So he, he secured a meeting. They found the idea to be great. And he secured a meeting with uh, the NBA staff, including uh, executive producer Don Sperling. Mm-hmm. And we brought that to them. Said, yeah, they would do this, do that. And we, and we went back and we did the song. We wrote the song. Paul Spearhead did the writing of the song. Anything's possible. 
you know, because it's all about like Michael Jordan, you know, when he was young, he got cut off of his high school basketball team and all of that stuff. So it's all about being, you know, perseverance and being strong and just staying possible because anything's positive. So when we had to meet with Michael Jordan to sit around the table and talk, we went back. I'll never forget this as long as I live. We got into the elevator and we got into the elevator and as the elevator was going up, we just started talking about, man, I can't wait to meet Michael Jordan. I wonder <laughs> if he, does he know about the script yet, Gary? Does he know about what we want to do and what we want to try? He said, no, when we meet up there, we'll you just speak about it. But I swear, as soon as we got on one of the floors, the door opened, who comes in? Michael damn Jordan. Mm. He walks in the elevator while we're all in there. <laughs> And you, could, and you could hear a pin drop. We were so blown, and we didn't say crap. We stayed so quiet. And then he, and then before we got off, he said, "Hey, why y'all so quiet?" <laughs> and then we walked in. And he said, "I know exactly who you guys are. Can't wait for us to have this meeting." And we had the meeting. We sat around. Gary made the pitch. Michael Jordan said he's with it, and the rest is history. We got a chance to. And the crazy thing about it was Michael wasn't expected to like dance and sing. Exactly. Was about to, you answered my que- my next question. Not at have- all. <laughs> yeah, not at all. He wasn't expected to do none of that. We we were the ones that coaxed him into it. We were going to do it on our own because we already did the song Anything's Possible. But we found out he loved the song. He loved it a lot. So what happened is that we got him in there to do steps with us with the and mimic the video and he started doing it with us before you know it he was relaxed he was having fun <laughs> and you could tell he was having fun and he was like so competitive that he said no no I'm going to get these steps and he got them down packed he even missed his golf game just to stay in rehearse with us I'll never forget it and you know he loves golf yes but he said no 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 man that's okay I'm not doing golf man I'm, I'm, got, I'm going to get these moves I'm getting these moves yes and he stayed with us the whole time man and we rocked it and um Man, that was a that was one of the greatest experiences in our career with Michael Jordan. Oh man, yeah, Crazy. man. I went to watch the video again, again back in the early '90s. Michael George Playground, Bowlegged Lou, the group members of Full Force was there. Uh, Miss Cheryl Riley, uh, Lisa, Lisa. I, I, I trust me. I'm you know I'm in tune, man. It, it was good. He dunked on Kid a couple of times, you know, or play, but <laughs> it was it was Kid. He dunked on Kid. That was a great one. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting there like, wow, they got Michael Jordan to sing and dance. I think I've never, after that, have never seen him as a as a fan, you know, relaxing, doing things such as that. So, man, salute to you guys again. Living legend, Bo Legaloo on the other end here on Why Not Sports. Now, a few years later, no problem, man. A few years later, mm-hmm. um, you know, you guys, um, I was watching the Unsung. The Unsung, which was, man, I know I had to, I watched the one on my own, then I ended up watching it again. Very inspiring. For a lot of people, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. When people think of Full Force, it's just you three, you Paul Anthony and B. Fine is rarely the three cousins that get you know recognized. So I'm glad Unsung was able to to, uh, to do that. But another thing, um, when you guys 
Because when you when you guys first started in the industry, you guys were more behind the scenes, right? Yeah, we was producing and writing. I mean, we still do that to this day, but it was more behind the scenes, writing and producing. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we was getting into the business, we wanted it to be full force, the R&B group to, to score. And, and what happens, we used to send in so many tapes of our music and we would always be getting turned down. So the, our co-manager at the time, Steve Salem, who me and him went to college, he said to us, he said, guys, you know what I think? I think if you guys write and produce for other people, I think it'll be successful. And then you guys will get the notoriety that you guys deserve. Mm-hmm. And and he was right. We just started writing and producing for others. Well, the first big production from us was producing Roxanne Roxanne by Roxanne. UTFO. Mm-hmm. UTFO. And that was yep. huge. And after that came Lisa Lisa. And all her music was huge. And then we got our own record deal right after Lisa's. So Steve Selman was correct, you know. A method to our madness. Yes, sir. And I want that listener or just anybody. Sometimes you have to be behind the scenes before you can be pushed to the forefront to where people can really Mm -hmm. get to see you. So that's definitely a, a testament to you guys, man. And. And another thing, I want to give a shout out to the interviews that you guys have done um, uh, before this one, obviously, with um, Comeback Jack Show, rest in peace to him, as well as Real Sway. I I, I dissected Mm -hmm. them interviews you guys did, wrote some notes down. And one of the things that was respectful for me to hear was that you any money it goes six ways whether who wrote the song whether who was the lead you guys six ways across the board can you talk about that well that's something that we wanted to do that was our idea i mean of course later on in life we were like damn didn't i write that song by myself (laughs) we got amnesia after a while but that was something that we orchestrated ourselves we said one for all and all for one so whenever you see a song, it could be two people that write the song or one person that writes the song. It's going to always say written and produced by full force mm-hmm. all for one and one for all. You know, mm-hmm. so that's how that's going to be. You know, man, I, I continue to tell you guys, we got Bowleg Galoo on the other end showing mad love to yours truly. And Curtis Blow. We play it. I can't sing, world, but basketball. You know, again, this is why not sports. I'm going to bring up some other things that might not be talked about upon you know this group but how was working with curtis blow man on that hit track yeah man i forgot i forget i just i just forget about that every now and then but we actually co-wrote that song and performed on it before we even had the big success with utfo and lisa lisa Mm -hmm. so working with curtis was great man kurt was so humble when he worked with us we were just new kids on the block we were like new a new army band and he just showed us mad respect and mad love man and not only did we end up doing basketball, but we ended up doing a whole bunch of other songs. But he was such a big basketball fan himself, you mm-hmm. know, and so were we. And um, it was so easy to collaborate on that song. Yep. Yeah, buddy. And like we said before, I'm just going to bring break it down just a little bit for the people that you've been able to work with or have projects with. Black Eyed Peas, uh, man, you guys, Grammy Award winning due to working with them. I'm going to have you hit on that shortly. Holler Notes, Lil' Kim, Patti LaBelle, Faith Evans, Gerald LeVert, Genuine. Whew, 
I mean, BB uh, King, Big Daddy King, 3LW, Fat Joe, Method Man, Ashanti, Raekwon, uh, the one of the Jacksons, Latoya. Know, Latoya of all yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> the, close, the closest we got to Michael, Latoya. It's all good. Hey, <laughs> hey Janet's still out there. She might be listening. Like, you know what? Let me go ahead and reach out to Full Force or vice versa. Hey, anything is possible, Lou. You know that. Anything's possible. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. And and and, and, and Selena, man. I, I went to Miss you rest in peace. Yes, sir. Rest in peace. I did go to Texas AM University in Corpus Christi. I've never told anybody this. Within my first week there, they said, Yo, if you haven't heard of Selena. I'm gonna break it down. One one of the uh, young ladies, I ain't gonna express her name, but she broke it down to me and gave me some some footage. And I was like, "Wow, whoa!" I'm in the, basically the city where Selena built in Corpus Christi. As you know, I have still have a three six one area code. So, yep that that was my time. But explain how I was working with the great Selena. Well, working with Selena was a, a great thing. At the time we was working with her. Not really anybody in the United States knew her so much. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people knew her in our in our um, you know in our neck of the woods. Everybody started to know her after you know when she got killed. People's mm-hmm. like, "Wow, who's that?" But they they gravitated to her legacy then. But I was working with her. I saw a video of her at the record company she belonged to, EMI Records. I saw her performing on this video on on TV screen and she was singing in Spanish and I'm like, man, who's that? <laughs> and I told her, I said, yo, man, can Full Force work with her? I don't care if we have to produce any song in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And then she said, then the executive, Nancy Brennan was her name. She said, well, you know what? We're getting ready to do an all English album, an all English speaking album with Selena. So maybe, you know, you guys could be part of that. And then we met with Selena's brother, um, A.B. Quintanella. And then he, he was like, man, this is an honor. Because when we used to perform, when Selena and us performed, because her and her family performed, they used to perform Lisa Lisa songs. Mm-hmm. And they used to perform Samantha Fox songs, songs that we did, you know. Mm-hmm. So the sad thing about it was, after we finished, she was supposed to come back and do some background vocals. And I'll never forget my mother calling me. Man, I was in the studio and he just called me and he said, Lou, are you, are you sitting down? I said, am I sitting down? What, mom? Selena was just killed. She was just murdered. Mm. I'm like, what? I was so blown away. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy because everybody was talking about it. So the people that didn't know Selena, they knew her now, you mm-hmm. know, because mm-hmm. you're so big in her own in uh, Corpus Christi, Texas, she was yes, so sir. huge with all her music. You know, um, just English music was supposed to be the thing to really capital, to, you know, capital her. You know, mm-hmm. um, what happened is that what happened is that we just thought the the, the project was going to be done and they were going to be finished with it, but instead they decided to do ha- the, the album with half of it Spanish, half of it English. Gotcha. So we was able to do two songs in there. We did the English song, which was called Missing My Baby. And we ended up flying down to Corpus Christi, Texas. And we did the background vocals ourselves instead of Selena. And, um, you know, then it, if you look at the album, it says, um, 
performed by you know performed by Selena featuring Full Force, mm. and we co-produced the song as well. And we ended up doing another song in Spanish, a Spanish song that wasn't finished. We finished it, you know. Wow. And um, after we finished doing the song, after we finished playing the final product of it in the studio, I'll never forget her father, AB uh, Senior. His name is AB Senior. He stood up and started applauding us. And then everybody else in the room started applauding us, you know. So wow. it was a great, great feeling. Yeah. How? Crazy. What? Well, I see. I, I, I'm just trying to put together. How were you able to work with people from other cultures consistently? From like we said, Ensign, Backstreet Boys, Selena, Lisa, Lisa, uh, hip hop community, like. What is it about you guys that have that personality? Because a lot of people in that I'm growing in this media realm don't mm-hmm. have the personality or gift for gab. Like, what what is it about you guys or the group to where people feel comfortable in giving you an opportunity? So the bottom line is, what happened is that being that full force, we always looked at ourselves as versatile songwriters and producers and we always felt we could work with any and everybody you know so once again once we was up in the ranks of um like take our first song one of our so- earlier songs that my brother b fine spearheaded which was called i wonder if i take you home mm-hmm. he was the one that said listen whoever does this song i want them to be a spanish girl that's okay. exactly what he said he wanted them to be hispanic because, you know, it was nothing like that happening at that time. There's no Hispanics doing um, R&B, pop, and hip-hop at the sa- and dance at the same time. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't with that vibe. So when we auditioned, we made a concert, you know, concerted effort to, you know, the girl to be Spanish. So Cult Jam, Mike Hughes from Cult Jam, he's the one that brought Lisa Lisa to audition for us. And she auditioned singing songs that he wrote, and they were horrible. And we almost didn't select Lisa. Wow. And then, um, yeah, we almost didn't until Paul said, hey, Lisa, could you sing something that might be familiar to us? Because all the songs he was writing was, you know, nobody knew them. They weren't any good songs. So Lisa sang this song by Sheena Easton called For Your Eyes Only. Mm -hmm. And that was it. You know, we said, she's perfect. So we got her to be part of our one if I take you home. After that, we we uh, because the UTFO wars was heating up with Roxanne Shantae doing Roxanne's Revenge, and then from Roxanne, Roxanne had twenty five answer back records. We had the real Roxanne, who was also Spanish. Mm. We discovered her, and we made her be the real Roxanne. And then from then, man, we went out to England. We started working with Samantha Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, a Caucasian sexy sexy woman we did Naughty Girls Need Love too, and I Want to Have Some Fun which was top 10 records and then and then the really big break for us well you know we also worked with Patti LaBelle and James Brown yeah, James awesome. Brown yeah. was uh, um, I mean nobody nobody makes us nervous but or puts us in awe yeah. but when we was working with Mr. Brown yeah Mr. That Brown was a whole, yeah that was a whole different different scenario but after that after a while i went to uh jive records and i said to them i said hey can we produce do you guys got some white people that we could produce you know so i mean you know something like that so there's six of us here you know six guys because i knew if we produce any white people 
that's when the money's really made. So, so splitting up six ways wouldn't be that bad. <laughs> what happened? So what happened is they said, hey, man, I think you guys might be good for this group. And they showed me a video of the Backstreet Boys. They were not big in the United States at all, but they were huge overseas. International. I went back to the, gotcha. Yeah, international. Smash international. Went back to the guys. said, guys, this group is going to make it big in the United States. Right now, they're just known overseas. And um, when I broke it out to them and they saw the video, then Baby Jerry from Full Force, he said, yo, I got this song that I was toying around with. And he started singing... But my love is all I have to give. Without you, I don't think I can live. I said, Jerry, that's a smash. And I kissed him on his cheek, and then he, like, punched me in the chest. <laughs> I kissed him on his cheek. But I knew that was a smash, and we presented it to the record company, and the rest was history. After that, we started working with Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, and NSYNC, LFO. After a while, we kept saying, man, full force, we just love white people <laughs> but you reinvented yourself though Lou you guys did not give up and just say well I guess we had a good run I guess you know we we, we did what we could no y'all still found a way so kudos to y'all man that's dope real dope thank you brother thank you brother yes sir yes, indeed. yes sir 2005 don't funk with my heart Grammy award winning because of that song. Please talk about that. Well, with that song is great because um, Black Eyed Peas uh, they won the Grammy best performing song, which we also got. I have a certificate and everything here in my house, and um, that song just went and shot up to be a, such a smash. And why why we co-wrote it also is because they were using our hook. I wonder if I take you home. They use that for that song. <laughs> yeah. So, so we had to get our writing credit. If you look on that song, it says co-written by Full Force, and it was such a great song. It took everybody by storm. And um, when they won the Grammy, we won the Grammy. We wasn't right. there to walk up on the stage with them, but because we wrote the song, uh, co-wrote it, I should say, yes, we got the Grammy award as well, just like they did. So that was a a great. Uh, gifted thing it almost reminds us of the first time we ever got our first gold record ever in our career mm-hmm. was for the debut album of um i wonder if i take you home so getting the grammy was a great thing too but you know my thing when it comes to awards i i don't take anything for granted so even if it's not a grammy we've gotten other awards from like the r&b society and and things like that there's not a grammy because i never want people to think that the grammys is what the you know defines you tell all be all right right yeah the grammys is good but you don't take don't take anything for granted when other people are honoring you you know the image awards you know anything like that you know i just be happy when people honor us and want to give us an award yeah yes sir you know and one of the latest ones too is back uh, actually a few months ago the maya industry awards you guys were oh, yeah 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 in Los Angeles in California yes that sir was a, that was a great that was great because what happened is that 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 those awards is given out to mostly the the local talent and actors and actresses in the community a young lady by the name of Pichanda uh, Dubois Dubose I think my bad I was calling her Dubois <laughs> but it's Dubose Pichanda Dubose she is the one 
that uh, spearheaded the whole thing with the um, with the awards. Then she has all these plays that she produces and put on in the community of Los Angeles, and she wanted to pay tribute to Full Force in that you know in the um, event, and we were honored. And plus, you know, we have our acting chops as well, but she wanted to give tribute and honor to us um, just for being icons. She always felt we were unsung in real life, which um, a lot of people said. And one great thing, man, um, Murph, that I loved is when we got honored, I told her, well, listen, she said, Lou, you guys close with, um, um, damn, what's his brother's name? From Guy um, Teddy Riley You got Teddy Riley You got Aaron Hall Damien Hall Yeah Yeah, You guys post with Damien Hall Because she was going to have Damien Hall present us with you Well I said No Damien's cool But Can we pick who we want To to present it to us You know Somebody a little closer So I told her I said I would love Ernest Thomas What's happening Exactly The brother that played Raj Yeah Ernest Thomas but he also acts in so many other different movies as well. He was with Denzel Washington and Malcolm X. He's a good brother. So I told her I would love him to present it. So I said, let me ask him. Because, you know, good friends with Ernest. Didn't, haven't seen him in, in, since Jesus walked at the time mm. when I asked him. And I said, let me ask and see if he would do it. And I asked him. He was sick at the time. But he said, hey, man, I'll come and present it to you guys. Wow. But Murph, there's always a method to my madness. So when he came, there he was in the theater. Everybody else was getting honored. And then when it came time for us to get honored, Ernest Thomas came and presented us the award, said these beautiful words. We, me and my brother, we, we did an acceptance speech. We accepted on behalf of the whole group. And then I told everybody, I said, listen, everybody, while we're here, um, one thing about Full Force, we love to give back as well. We love to give. So right now we would like to pay tribute to somebody here that's in the theater. If everybody could look at this video and I put together this video tribute and my face comes on the screen and it says, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for our honor right now. We would like to pay tribute to Ernest Mm. Thomas. And we did this. I'm going to send you the video of it. It's so dope. We did this tribute to Ernest Thomas. He was so emotional and laughing at the same time. It's a funny, funny tribute, but we paid tribute to him. We gave him a plaque. And then Pichanda DuBose, who put together the whole thing, I did a special poem dedicated to her. I showed a video which had inspirational women, uh, like a slideshow of Lena Horne, um, mm-hmm. um, Angela Bassett, all these great actors and actresses and people that are inspirational women. And then I flashed a picture of Pichanda DuBose, and she was so emotional about it. And, um, man, it was just a great, 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 great thing. And she's a very talented lady as well. But um, she presented us, and we gave right back. But that's what we always love to do. We always love to give back. Man. That's, I, I believe that's a lost art, um, to be honest with you, man. Like how, and you've done this just with not him, but. Me, who's super independent, climbing a ladder from people that's been up top, like that—that—that's not, in my opinion, that's not normal uh, for for mm. you and the group to do that, man. So, so thank you. We about to talk about very shortly on giving back and exceeding expectations. Before mm-hmm. we go there, though, Mister Brown, like 
we know him as James Brown. Hey, but you guys like, yo, Mr. Brown. Can you talk about that? Well, working with Mr. Brown was great. And the reason why we call him Mr. Brown, because we were told we better call him Mr. Brown. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> what happened is that right before we went to produce, work with him, because when we got the call to work with him, we were so excited. I'm like, man, we're going to work to a whole James Brown album? James Brown? This was the time when people, at this time we started working with Mr. Brown, this was the time when rappers especially was lifting James Brown beats, lifting James Brown um, um, music, lifting his voice, and putting it on their records with, without paying him. They was doing all of this. Mm. So when we came to work with Mr. Brown, you know, we heard like stories like, hey, man, I don't know, man, I hear he's mean in the studio. <laughs> so I got a little gun shy. So I called up somebody that works with him. I got a phone number for Dan Hartman. Dan Hartman produced Mr. Brown's song called Living in America, Living which is a huge. America. You got it, Murph. Murph, oh. you sound like him. <laughs> ah, ah. Oh. Hey. Yep. <laughs> So, so, so this producer by the, this white guy by the name of Dan Hartman produced that song, as well as Dan Hartman was a, a, a solo uh, disco singer as well. Instant replays, relight my fire, songs like that. But he produced that. So I called him up and I said, "You know what is it, Mr. Brown? We hear he's like, you know, mean." And then he said, "No, no, no, he's okay." But let me tell you something: when you start to work with him in the studio, you better not call him James. You better call him Mr. Brown. Mm. And we're like, okay, yeah, you call him Mr. Brown. That's how that's how he likes it, and that's how you got to do it. And we always call him Mr. Brown. Every time he came in the studio, Mr. Brown, Mr. Brown, Mr. Brown. And, you know, he was so close to Reverend Al Sharpton. Reverend Al Sharpton came yes. to a couple of the sessions as well. So every time he would step in the session, we knew it was going to be like maybe an hour wait. So we would just, all right, y'all, Reverend Sharp is here. <laughs> and he would just take care of Mr. Brown. Yeah. But Mr. Brown, I think there's one time where he was wearing red shades. And um, Reverend Al Sharpton said, Mr. Brown, so how you doing? Because he called him Mr. Brown also. Oh, okay. And he said, and he told Reverend Sharpton, he said, Reverend, I'm wearing red shades, but I'm seeing blue. Mm. Remember, this was the time he was all into that trouble with, the yeah. shooting against the law and shooting up the car and chasing yeah. the wife. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah. You know, it used to be a time where Eddie Murphy, every time Eddie Murphy would see us, he go, man, look at Full Force. They don't want us messing up James Brown. <laughs> you know? But it was it was an honor to work with him. And um, his last two top ten records uh, called I'm Real, which nice. is a song that talks about all oh, you copycats out there, get off of my tip. Because I'm James Brown with force. I ain't taking no lip. And he sings about, you know, you know, don't be taking his, his voice or his music off his records till he's paid in full. Mm. All of that stuff. And that record went to number two on the charts. And then we had this other song called Static that went to number five. So he had two songs. That was his last two top ten records of his career. But ever when that record came out about the, you know, people, the rappers, then they made the copyright laws to uh, make sure Mr. Brown and everybody else whose songs got sampled get credit that they would get paid mm -hmm. get credit and get paid get for paid. gotcha yep. mm -hmm. man that song started it the last two top ten hits from Mr. Brown were produced by 
full force. Yeah, man. Yes, indeed. Man, that's <laughs> man. That's as just I'm as I'm thinking, man. I just said it earlier in the show. I'll say it again. James Brown, Selena, Big Daddy Kane, Lisa Lisa, uh, like Michael Jordan, like you. It it don't matter. You work with everybody. (laughs) (laughs) You worked with everybody. Uh, I know. uh, Speaking of Leon earlier in the show, I know we'll talk about your foundation shortly as well. How him and Malik Yoba had gave you. You know, shout out and show their support and asking us to, to support you, man. It's just like it don't matter. People love mm-hmm. full force and love you, man. And it's still an honor, man, to be able to to have you on this other end, man. It, it really is. Thank you, Murph. Appreciate it, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And your brother, in particular, Paul Anthony, kind of shifted mm-hmm. the, the conversation a little bit. However, still mm-hmm. talk about exceed and go above and beyond expectations. You know, mm-hmm. he was diagnosed with the mantle cell lymphoma cancer. Yes. And mm-hmm. I know for your family, that was very devastating. Uh, I did see the 20 yes. minute clip from uh, the unsung part that you did send me. And he was still mm-hmm. working out a lot and of the time. They told him not to, but he still did it. And when my, you know, I always tell people that, you know, we had a bone marrow stem cell transplant between each other. You mm-hmm. know, me and my brother, when he was really fighting for his life and he needed, you know, I was at home injecting myself with Neupogen shots, which are to harvest my stem cells. And then Paul was at the hospital getting weaker and weaker. But before that, he would always work out and he would always, uh, just have that will to live you know if he didn't have that will then we don't even get to the transplant yeah but um we got to the transplant he needed nine million stem cells and they said hey hey lou if you're not able to give your brother nine million stem cells we're gonna have to take a catheter to your chest Mm. to draw it out so we can get no not my bad not nine million he needed six million stem cells so what happened is that after the transplant i was able to give him nine million stem cells which exceeded the six million that he needed. So, you know, I was a conduit from God to help save my brother's life, and um, and that's a great thing. And I mean, you mentioned about uh, Leon and Malik Loeb, but Yoba sending me sending me myself um, prayers and support. Mm-hmm. I, I have this eye disease called retinitis pigmentosa, which leads to blindness, but. I'm staying strong and proactive and I yes. feel I'm going to be hanging around until they find a cure. But I have my family and friends and celebrity friends such as Malik Yoba and Leon, Kim Fields, um, Sinbad, Dougie Fresh. I yes, mean, sir. everybody sending me uh, love and props for my organization, which is called Hope with, with a Vision. A vision. Mm-hmm. That's V-I-Z-I-O-N dot org. So we're here to encourage and help one another. You know, I didn't never wanted to speak about what I had, but a dear friend of mine is named Regina Hall, not the actress, but she's a dear friend. She's the one that said I should start speaking on myself as well and don't block my own blessings, even though I do support everybody else, you know. But um it's a good thing, man. Just keep on keeping on and staying positive and proactive. Because the title of this show, World, Anything is Possible. You, you heard Brother Lou say it's not even a cure yet. He, 
I didn't know until you first of all said it, and then I started doing more digging. I'm like, yo, wait a minute, it's really nothing for it yet. I'm like, yo, but your energy, your positive vibes, your faith, man, it's is is definitely something, man. It inspires me to keep on pushing, and that's one of my goals is to tell you. That's why I don't complain this much. I've been doing this since 2016. My my outlook is to provide positive content. I've been through my trials and tribulations and still growing. And <clears throat> to have someone such as yourself still support me. And I want to make sure the world know as well. First of all, make sure you follow Bowlegaloo and Full Force here. Give those handles out. But please also take into consideration the foundation the organization that he has that is out and that is hope with a vision please 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 um what's your Murph, you don't mind me asking what's your health scenario you're going through well it's not really health per se oh, um okay i just I, I grew up without my father uh, my mom had okay. me at 16 uh from gary mm -hmm. indiana uh, I grew up, people was, you know, telling me I'm not going to make it. Um, you from Gary, if you're not a singer, you doubt if you make it. Sports only going to get you so far. Good luck in life, young man. Um, whatever, past that. Um, and actually went through a divorce where I lost everything. Um, you know, basically was wow. trying to figure out what my next move was going to be. Have a beautiful daughter from that that relationship. Still wasn't in his podcast game or just nothing in, in general. Still at that time was without my father. Um, but that was between them two things collectively, uh, Brother Lou, it just put me into a different perspective to say hell or high water. I love sports. It was the only thing that brought a smile to my face. I know I, at my age, I'm not able to play as I once did now with the family and bills. I got to put the bills out there. Let me let me make sure I put myself in a predicament to where I can do well. And I just said, forget it. Why not sports? I'm going to just talk about sports, the good, bad, and the ugly of sports and how it impacts your everyday life. As we, we spoke on with you linking up with Michael Jordan. Yes. How I've heard the shows. And a lot of people didn't include that, but that's where Why Not Sports created this lane to say, you still are connected to Michael Jordan. Anything is possible. Look at the video. Look at Michael Jordan's playground. You guys have done celebrity games like with you and New Edition. And Arsenio Hall. Those are some of the fun times in our lives, Come man. On, you kidding? Man. Yeah. So I, 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 I'm sitting there like, yo, this is perfect. For the Why Not Sports audience, <clears throat> this is perfect to tell that testimony and let people know, hey, not only has, you know, for those who know me, but for someone like Bow-Legged Lou, who was on House Party. Now, we forget sports. We're talking about acting. We're talking about musically. Now, we're talking about giving back. Is everything tied up into one. It's still talking about how what you and your uh, brothers and family has done with the full force name how you impact everyday life and that, that for me that sums up the lane that i've created and it's just find a way to keep on pushing forward with dope testimonies and dope stories uh, such as yourself so again truly truly grateful thank you my brother 
Yo, man, what? I know this is a, this is a full force interview, man, but I just wanted to get your. I mean, you you you, you don't have, even have to keep this in if you don't want to. But yo, man, what is your take, Murph, on the whole Gail King thing, man, with Kobe Bryant? What is your take on it? Because listen, you're part of media. Yeah. You host your shows. Yeah. You ask questions. Yeah. Do you think she was out of pocket for asking that question? Because you have a my good friend D.L. Hughley. He on his podcast said that. He don't knock Gail King for asking that question, but for prolonging on it and then apologizing for it. And it's like, hey, if you're in the media and you're asking questions, why do you need to apologize if you didn't anything wrong? You know, that's that's what he said. He wouldn't have done it. But what do you think with Gail King doing it? Hey, y'all, first of all, you see how Brother Lou changed it on me? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, hey, I'm the host, but now he kick it. He going to Debo me. So guess what? I'm going to answer this question, and I'm going to put it on air. I'm going to let it ride. First of all, um, I would not have prolonged it, first of all. Mm. I would have just said, hey, I know there was some allegations. If this was me, regardless if it was CBS or I still, at the end, can say no. It's okay. It, you have power within saying no. Trust me. Right. I would have said, you know what? There were some allegations back in early the 2000s. I know there was a lot going on. What were your take on, 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 on that, knowing that you were Kobe's friend? That's how I would have put it. And if she would have okay. answered it, cool. If she did, I would have still moved on. But I wasn't going to go in detail because, one, it's still too fresh. And Oof, fresh man, <laughs> but not not only that. Me personally, I wouldn't even ask that question because, man, not only do fresh and pass away, but why are you bringing it up right. now? I'm just saying, if you had to call? ask, right? If you had to right. quote unquote ask, like my job, Murph, yeah. you gotta ask. I'm I'm going to ask, but not give details. So for those younger kids that know the 24 Kobe, the Black Mamba, the you know father with Gianna, mm -hmm. then they won't even know. So that's why if right. I had to quote unquote, I would have said it like that. But initially, no, I got you. no, I wouldn't have not. Yeah, yeah, that's yep. crazy. She's getting so much backlash now; it's ridiculous. But you, brother it is Lou, what it is, look, you've been in the especially you. You've been in the game. I, I look, mm -hmm. at, we didn't even talk about how many times you said no, or no, I'm not doing this if it don't make sense, or you right. thought of the consequences behind your actions, knowing that you're gonna get some backlash. Come on, brother Lou. Yeah, yeah. And Gail King been in the game for a long time, long time. She. She knew think, it was coming. I think she, I didn't think she thought the backlash was going to be crazy like this. And that's what forced her to apologize, which many people is calling it a bullshit apology. Yeah. I, but, but, um, she's trying to throw CBS under the bus. And it's like, if they would have saw the whole thing in the whole concept, like, let me tell you something. Even if you would have saw that whole interview and you made those, that what you asked, Lisa Leslie, who answered like a champ. Oh, man. my you goodness. give it to her. Yes, she did. <laughs> I mean, come on now. That's crazy. Oh, she answered like a champ. Yes, she did. Yes, you she know. did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I even shot her a DM. I let the world know. I said, you handled yourself very well. Your your body language, everything was just like, you know. Okay, on to the next question. I, I'm done with this. That's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I, I mean, then you throwing your job under the bus again. This is why not sports, the good, bad, and the ugliest like, sports. The yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. I, again, brother Lou, how many times you said no? Like, if my job right now said Murph, we don't like what you're doing, even though I'm not doing nothing. I'm saying, I guess it's time for me to go. I'm not gonna stop what I'm doing, just so right. you. Can whatever Same thing with Gail King Like if you felt Some type of way About it Just tell them You know what Respectfully I decline to Throw that question out But now you Throwing them under the bus She probably Won't be there That much longer I know Cause they're probably They're probably CBS is like What the hell is She throwing us Exactly <laughs> Exactly not, Listen she probably wanted to. She probably wanted to ask that question because remember when she asked the question and Lisa Leslie's like, "Well, no, Kobe was never that person, and right. I don't feel that he was ever aggressive. I don't feel so and so." And then she came back and said, "Yeah, but Lisa, of course you wouldn't feel like that." Exactly. That, that right there. Right there, I was like, "Yeah, she she I reaching." Think, yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's why the apology, from my perspective. <sighs> You kept reaching You kept reaching And exactly. Lisa was like Stop it Let's keep it going I got things to do That's so, right It's kind of hard To blame CBS When you kept reaching Well they told me Exactly <sighs> Yeah CBS wasn't there Coaching her You know Yeah Yeah yeah, so. yeah. That's one last thing Now that you bring that up Brother Lou Man this was a great show I, I appreciate mm-hmm. you brother This was great man it, I, I think No problem brother As like with me, I'm, I, my goal is to ask the tough questions or bring up things that might that, like I told you, the average host might not bring up. And then, like I brought up the memes, I put that as a question mark, Murph. If you bring up, oh, how these seventeen year olds, meaning full force, be beating up on kids, on <laughs> oh, house party, like you could have been like Murph, that was insensitive. But I was like, brother, Lou, a comedian, he he got he laugh with me, I'm sure. But I still put it out there with the, you know. I know it's not that severe like a Gail King and Lisa Lassie, but I still wanted to put it out there, though, and just to kind of get, you know, your take. But you got to make people feel comfortable, similar to what you guys have done when you write or co-write other people songs and collaborate them with the song like you. I think you've made it far. Because you've made people trust and, and and made them feel comfortable, and that's one thing I want to do. It's not what it's not what I done for you; it's how I made you feel at the end of it. That's just my take on as I continue to climb this ladder. So I stay away from the controversial things such as the, the Gail Kings of the world. But good question, though. I normally want to answer that question, but because it's you, it's a respect thing. <laughs> I'm not free. I'm just being honest. That world, I'm like, man, Murphy, uh, you don't get into the, you know, the, the kind of touchy subjects. I'm like, ah, but in this case, yeah, I, I think that was wrong. Um, granted, because of the black community, we tend to bring people back. Come on back. You mm-hmm. know, this is how mm-hmm. we come on. Just don't, you know, That's smack in the hands. Don't do it again. When you keep messing up, then what? But anyway. <laughs> How can people? I know there's an album as well, the most recent album that you had a collaboration with some of your friends, like Tisha Campbell. Um, oh yeah, we got a lot of people. It's called Full Force with Love 
with love from our friends and yes. it's dedicated to Paul Anthony's cancer cancer um, foundation. Yes. And we had so many people on that record. Um, it's like 30 artists in all. Tisha Campbell singing All Cried Out with us and she yep. does a hell of a job. Yes, sir. Faith Evans, Sheila E., uh, Rafael Sadiq, Shanice, Big Daddy Kane, Omari Hardwick doing spoken word, yeah. Michael Jamal Warner doing spoken word, Blair Underwood doing spoken word, CeCe Peniston, Flavor Flav. Yeah. Lord have mercy, the list goes <laughs> on and on. We even got Tevin Campbell. I mean, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a great album and it's a, for a good cause as well and it's on sale now. So, you know, do support that if you can. Well, Make sure how how can how can they follow you as well, man, and the group on well, social fo- media? Well, you can follow yeah, we can follow Full Force on Facebook. Just go to Full Force. We're there. Full Force. Um, you got Full Force World on Instagram. You got Full Force on Twitter. Uh, for myself, you got Bowlegged the Bowlegged One with the number one on Instagram, and the Bowlegged One O N E is on Twitter, and then on Facebook is just just press up Bowlegged Lou, you'll find me. Same thing with my brother Paul Anthony; he has separate um, social media handles as well. And um, yeah, man, we'll be rocking and rolling, and we still got some surprises up our sleeve. And and we're celebrating the 30th anniversary of House Party this year. Man, eight months after hate baby. That's be the tour to end world. I tell you, 30 years. I'm telling my age. I'm telling. They entertained me then. They still entertaining me now. Um, also, before I continue, uh, brother Paul Anthony in particular, brother, thank you for uh, just for just just being that spirited individual to say. I'm great when and when you said you wasn't. That's from the unsung uh, um, yes. video, man. He was like, I, I wasn't, but I had to keep speaking it. Keep speaking That's it. That's right. Man, anything That's is right. possible. So I wanted to just tell him I, I, I felt the strength, something that I need. I know I need to do a much better job with my health um, yes. at this point because I, I, you know, I don't eat the best. I'm just being transparent to you and the world. I am getting better now it is. I've got I am getting older and, and things like that. And if, uh, you know, you guys decide to have us a, a celebrity uh, game or some hoop game, you know, I, maybe I can make an appearance. And I won't be as in, uh, bad of in shape. You know what I mean? I'm just throwing it out there, brother. Because y'all got a lot I up your you, sleeve. <laughs> I got you, my brother. I got um, you, definitely. <laughs> yes, sir. So the hope with the vision, again, if you could just let the world know how to find that and how they can support, and then uh, yes, we will go Yes, hope with a vision, that. that's for people, just bringing awareness to people with impaired vision, and it's hope with a vision. It's hope with a vision, that's V-I-Z-I-O-N, hopewithavision.org. You can find us anywhere on social media as well. And, um, and I just want to say this one last thing, Murph, that... um. Um, it was a pleasure. It was a, such a pleasure being on your show, my man. I'm so glad you do things about sports because we grew up loving sports, loving softball as well, not just basketball. Not just yes. because we black. We just, oh, we black. <laughs> oh, no. We're all sports, you know? So it's all sports, softball, no football, everything, you no know? Problem. And um, just want to say thanks a lot, my brother. And I want you to keep on keeping on, not only with the show, but with your own life. And everybody out there that's listening, if you have a dream, whether it's in music or acting or entertainment, but you might want to be a doctor or or, or or a boss of a whole other type of genre, it doesn't have to be entertainment, just always stick in there. Never give up. Never give up on yourself. No matter how many doors is closed in your face, you just knock them down and you keep on keeping on. 
keep on keeping on. All right. We brother Lou. I'm telling you, I'm on fire right now. I'm on fire. I'm, I'm ready to call in and get back in the lab. However, wifey like, yo, don't forget you still got bills. So on that note. <laughs> <laughs> they know, like Murph, you always, hey, Murph, be on it. Trust me. They be like, yeah, I, I, I still gotta stay focused. But world, to find me, find me on Twitter and Instagram at it's the Murph I T S D Murph. Again, just, just, just loving what I do. Just glad to work with people like this, such as Bo Legaloo, Paul Anthony B. Fine, the three cousins, the, uh, the other gentleman. I can't think of his name, but. For him to, to to send my information to you in the group, thank you, brother, and the full force team oh, oh, management. Greg, that, oh, that's yeah, that's Greg Silver. Yes, Greg Silver's in charge of our social media. Yes, so I want to thank Greg Silver. Absolutely, for, um, connecting yes. us and D Murph, and that's a great thing. Yes, thank sir, you, I got. Greg yes, sir, absolutely, brother Silver. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and we gonna end it because y'all heard brother Lou say thirtieth, thirtieth year anniversary from when. House Party came out, and we going to end the show, y'all, with Ain't My Type of Hype. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your week. Until next time, we love y'all. Peace. Wait a minute, Nerf. Whoa, Nerf. Whoa, whoa. Until, ne- un- un- until next time, keep kicking some freaking ass. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
human They gotta be more than just a butt that's booming Assuming there's room in my life for a lover Undercover, not 